Today on the show, Dave Barnes is back. We talk remembering how to be a fan of music again, can a comfortable artist's work be valid, and so much more on episode 65 of Who Writes This Stuff. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. My name is Nick Flora. This is Who Writes This Stuff. Coming to you, as always, from sunny and cold, uh, not always cold, but usually this time of year, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, thank you for listening. What a great episode you've chosen to listen to today, my friend. I commend your choices. My buddy Dave Barnes is on the is the guest. He's on the show, and uh, I couldn't be happier that he's come back on. Uh, I, he he was on. I, I mean, maybe it might have been a year and a half ago, even longer. And uh, one of my favorite episodes that we did, uh, his first episode was. So, uh, and I, I knew I, immediately that I wanted to have him on again. He's just one of those guys that honestly he could ha- he could be on each week because his mind is always working. And he's always pushing himself to be the best he can be. So he's always got something interesting to say and uh, just an all-around good dude. Uh, So I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Before we get into our chat, though, I'd like to share with you what I learned this week. What I learned this week. What you learned. What I learned this week is uh, I have this weird fascination with crime shows that I didn't know. I think I I really got into Serial over the holidays, like a lot of people did, um, and not the breakfast kind. Um, The the podcast Serial, which, uh, you know, deals with this sort of murder mystery thing. And, you know, it it reminded me of Dateline that I used to watch when I was a kid with my family. And uh, apparently there is multiple channels with just Dateline type shows on them. Anyway, I've really gotten into that channel Investigation Discovery lately. I don't know what unearthed this. I it's not even that I that I'm interested in the crime, which I am. I'm interested in like missing persons and and you know cold cases and stuff like that. I'm sort of obsessed with just how hokey and and over the top and hilarious the reenactments are. I'm a little bit more um, obsessed in watching for that than the, than the actual <laughs> crime that's being discussed. But one thing that I did learn by watching all these shows is uh, I love this show. Uh, I think it's just called Disappeared. Which is, it talks about it's essentially the new version of uh, Unsolved Mysteries, which was another obsession of mine when I was a kid. Terrified me, but I had to watch it every week. Uh, the fact, the thing that I learned is that it's estimated 1.5 million people are missing, missing, quote unquote. In the U.S., which means there are people who have disappeared but haven't been reported as missing, which is insane to me. It's sort of like you want to break up with this guy, but he's he's kind of annoying, but you don't want to be a jerk, and then he just vanishes, and you're like, mm, I'm not gonna question it. He's he's missing, missing. We're not gonna I'm not gonna call the cops because they might find him. Uh, I don't understand why this is a thing, but uh, that's baffling to me that somebody could just vanish and nobody is looking for them. So they're just out there somewhere or not. I don't know. But investigation discovery is seriously taking over my life. I need to uh, I need to stop watching it before bed. That's all I got to say. And that's what, what I learned this I week. Learned this week. What you learn. If you would like to share with me what you learned this week, be it silly, uh, sad, serious or whatever, uh, you can tweet at who writes pod or on the Facebook uh, who writes the stuff page. And uh, I will share it on a future show. As I said earlier, Dave Barnes is on the show today, and uh, we had a great chat. We uh, we we sort of f- tried for a week to figure out a good time to to do the podcast, and and uh, he was like, you know what? Why don't you just come over <laughs> to the to the house, and and we'll just we'll squeeze it in in between other sessions and stuff. And so I was like, that's totally fine because he's a super busy guy, uh, and uh, so old school busted out the uh, the old Yeti blue mic and went portable on this sucker. 
And uh, so went over to Dave Barnes Studio, uh, which he affectionately calls Hitsburg, which is amazing. We discussed that a little bit and uh, and had a great chat. You know, Dave uh, has a new EP coming out February 10th called Hymns for Her, which is excellent. And uh, we talk a little bit about that and his choice of, you know, doing an EP uh, and just the breadth of his career and a lot of sort of where he's at right now in this season in his life and his career and uh, man, if you're a fan of Dave Barnes, you're going to love this episode. And if you aren't or you don't know him that well, um, I think you're going to come out of the other end of this with a with a deep respect and uh, maybe a little bit of fandom in there because he's he's an extremely uh, intelligent, charming, handsome dude. Love those the handsome dudes, right? As Americans, we got to love a handsome dude. So here we go. Without further ado, episode 65 with Dave Barnes. Thanks for inviting me into your the realm. The realm. Do you have a name for your your <coughs> studio? What is it? Hitsburg. Hits. <laughs> and that is terrible. <laughs> That's amazing. My friend named it. He told me that, and I was like, I don't know how you say no to that. I think I, I want a cool name for mine too, and I just got like, I got nothing. I got. Yeah. It's either got to come to you. I don't know. I I've, I feel like it's almost like a fake space until it has like a name. Yeah. You know, Hitsburg. Yeah, he said that. Like, literally, my buddy came back here, and within two seconds, I was, he's like, "Man, this is great." He's like, "Hitsburg, this is awesome." He's like, "What did you just? What say? did you just say?" He's like, "It's Hitsburg. That's what you get to call it." I was like, "And I will." That's the name. <laughs> like, let me get a giant sign commissioned. Oh, I know. Throw it in the front. And yeah, and then I'll never have another hit. That's gonna be the irony. Wait, did you guys just have your house in like a magazine or something? Mm-hmm. Was that a bizarre experience? Oh my god. Yes. The funniest part is I paid it, you know, these guys to come and like, cause I, I, I mow the yard and keep it up and all that stuff. Yeah. But I was like, well, if we had this magazine coming, we need to like, like do it up. So I, I had these guys come and like de-weed the, the, yeah. you know, and they, they did just, they did an amazing job just getting the yard really. And they never took a picture outside. So I was like, <laughs> you know, but it was awesome. It was like, it, it was really fun to sort of get the house all, you know, clean and cool. And the girl who, sort of helped us do the interior decorating came and it's funny like all she walked in with was this was like the biggest joke of me and Annie because she's this good she walked in with a a crate of green apples and a a, bo- a really cool looking book and like one other thing and we were like are you not bringing anything else she's like no that's all we need and literally she went room by room and just kind of moves stuff around moves some stuff from room to room yeah. and then like put those three things in each different places and it was like our house is the coolest looking house in the history of time yeah did you like print those out and put them around the house oh yeah, yeah. Right. yeah I was like did you, where'd you get the apples it will, ne- <laughs> it will never look like this again I was like does it matter I mean it, when they die do we just buy new ones because we always have to have them yeah or just get fake apples yeah fapples fapples is that mm-hmm. what they're called sure that doesn't sound good. It doesn't. That's not a good. Yeah, it's not. Term. What are you working on now? You see, you have this EP coming out. Yep. Which was uh, serendipitous that that I was like, hey, will you come on the podcast? Oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that was going on. That's awesome. Yeah. What What made you? Because I'm sort of going through this the the same. Right now, too, I'm where I'm like, well, do I do another full length? It wasn't that long ago, but mm-hmm. I feel like I need something mm-hmm. out. What was the sort of conscious decision, you know, to to put out? This subconscious e- this, decision. This, yeah, subconscious. Did you wake? Did somebody tell you in a dream? It did. I was listening. Did, to did it. the ghost of? Yes. 
Whoever invented the extended play, I don't know. Oh my god, yeah, whoever that Mr. was. Mr. Play? Yeah, yeah. And Kid? Yeah, was, thank you. <laughs> was it Kid and kid Play? Of, of in Kid play. and Play. Um, <laughs> then he also give you a haircut. In oh, the and a high top fade? Didn't think about that. Um, well, yeah, what was sort of the impetus of this? this I had that house party one soundtrack and just one? It out. Mm. No, I had two. Yeah, that's yeah. the one I had. Yeah. That's the one that had like House Party hits. 2, weirdly enough, House Party 2 maybe better than House Party 1. Which one does that happen? Never. I can't think of another another sequel that that outdid number one. Maybe Dark Knight? Yeah, that... Probably better than Batman Begins. Or Batman Benign, as I read it the first time. Ooh. I digress. Um, you know, the reason that... Honestly, like, I'm a, I'm a big uh, Bob Lefsetz fan. And, and, yeah. You know, he can be kind of... He's sort of like Sam, Simon Cowell, but like... He's a divisive figure. Mean, but angrier. Yeah. But um, he had written this, this long um, sort of like... Uh, email on how he just really felt like the album is dead. You know, like his his example was Katy Perry's album coming out and it sold like two hundred fifty thousand units first. This week. last one, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, she's the biggest artist in the world. And granted, she'll sell a bajillion singles, sure. But that was kind of his point. He was like, you know, if you're talking about the sort of heir apparent to the pop throne is coming in and she can't sell gold the first week which Taylor's done and Taylor maybe Taylor's now I think what so Katie was you know but um he was just like you know it, it was kind of written to artists he was like you know guys if you're thinking about making records it may be a good idea to start thinking about EPs because I just don't think people listen to music like we used to you know they just yeah, that's listen definitely to true. short blips and they just listen to songs they don't really listen to collections of songs as much so it just kind of got me thinking, and I think this being, you know, my 11th or 12th recording of songs, I was like, I just wonder if it's time for something different. So, too, you know, just doing as much co-writing as I'm doing for other people, there's just not as much time for me to do my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I started thinking about 11 songs, which really means, as you know, when you're writing for your record, 30 songs, 25 songs, yeah. that then get winnowed down to that. I was like, I don't know if I've got time for that right now. For real. You know? Yeah. So I just was like, you know, this seems like a good time to sort of take the risk and 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 do... My plan is to do four EPs over the next couple of years, two and a half years. Yeah. Um, and sort of let those be little fun... De- not departures, because that's the scariest thing any artist can say. Right. But, um, but, uh, but you know, like... Having having a chance to do a five song experiment that doesn't feel quite as risky as like a twelve song. Or That's true, yeah. So, so I'm I'm doing that and um and it was really funny because I was nervous. I mean, I feel this way after every record, but after I put out Golden Days, I was like, well, I should probably just send the email out tell them tell everybody it's been fun, but I'm out of songs <laughs> and you know like I just don't have anything left to give. But um, I, I have that thought every time I write a song. I'm like, well, this will this is clearly the last one. Yeah, I should just tell everybody. Like, it's been a really good run. I mean, maybe not really good, but it's been a run. Or, or it's like a wounded jaw. Um, <laughs> a limp. A limp, a limp at best. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. I feel like I haven't, you know, I did one EP, um, gosh, seven or eight years ago maybe. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like people really took to it um so and i think too this one is is it's really different from anything i've done um in the sense that like a lot of the stuff was written in like either open tuning or different tuning and it's a little more moody than anything i've ever done yeah like immediately when i heard it i just popped it on when you sent it to me and i was like oh like you're instantly like i was just gonna do stuff around the house listen to it and you kind of like have to sit down and be like 
oh, something else. It really was. It was like, some, oh, something else is happening here yeah. that I want to pay attention to. It was yeah. sort of like, because you can get that way with any artist. Just be like, I kind of have a good idea what it's yeah. going to be. Especially yeah. after 11, really, you know, you're like, I think I know what Dave's about, yeah. you know. Uh, but it was really like, so not surprising in a bad way, but you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. You know, that, I, I, I feel like I'm like one step away from offending you. I'm like, I don't want to... No, no, say, no. But the, you know, especially as aren't artists, all the greatest compliments one step away from being absolutely. really... <laughs> like, not even a step, like a shift. <laughs> like, like a... Like, like a, a... One word. <laughs> yeah. A, a, a like, or a the away from being... Completed. Like, it's an ellipses away. That's right, that's right. That's but, right. But, I, but you sort of, especially because being an artist, you sort of have to be like a hyper consumer of all things mm-hmm. and you file things away. And so you kind of have an idea. That's why I feel like we don't get to appreciate... In a way, not like, whoa, you know, wham, wham, poor me, but we don't get to appreciate music the way that, like, most people do. Mm-hmm. And, like, especially, like, fans. I'm having to remind myself, like, how to be a fan. Mm-hmm. So you sort of have to, like, take a step back and be, you know, if I'm being extremely hard on an artist or myself, I have to, like, take, be like, well, maybe back off from 100% to, like, 60%, mm-hmm. and maybe that's actually where I am. Dude, so I thought about this exactly yesterday, Nick, when I was, I was running, and I was thinking about, because I was listening to the new One Direction album. Yeah. Um, as you do really great I, because I was like I need something to run to but I, I, I tend to run better when I'm listening to stuff I haven't because it gets my mind off running which I hate to do absolutely so um, words had actually told me he's like man you really should check it out it's it's a lot better than what you probably think it would be which I'm kind of I love that stuff anyway yeah that seems great to run really to because is, it has a consistent yeah that's beat. it and yeah. now everything's four to the floor so it's like, great but, um, but I was listening to it and I was thinking like you know, this is one of those records that there's going to be three songs I like immediately. And then if I listen to it again, I'll probably like five. Mm-hmm. And then third listen, I might even like up to eight. But then, so then my brain went into like, why do I work that way? And, and I was talking to a really good friend of mine the other day because he was really beating himself up about how like being a professional songwriter, like you just, you really lament that you can't enjoy music anymore. And I was like, you know, man, this is how I think about it. And it's a little more gracious. It's that when you're a professional your taste and your like skill set as you do it more gets better. So it's not, it's like, it doesn't, it gets the, the, the little gap things can get in, get smaller and smaller because mm. you're just better at it. So things that when you were 15 listening to music, my two thoughts were, so this is one, when you're 15 listening to music and you didn't have any gate, it was everything could get in. Yeah. You, you weren't wondering why that chorus wasn't, Oh, I, I would have said this differently or man, mm-hmm. that, Man, that melody is the same as a verse. Like it doesn't really lift or whatever. But you know, as you, it's like it, it's just a job. It's a casualty of the job. It's like when you choose to do this, you're gonna lose that stuff that makes you just love anything because yeah. you can't, you can't turn that stuff off in your head. And every now and then, something you'll hear and you don't realize you love it and you love it. And it just gets through the filter. But it's just like because we do this, you can't. It's like. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what the analogy would be, but it's like, you know, if you're a professional soccer player, you can't just go pay, pick up soccer and have fun anymore because you're used to playing with guys who read the game like you do and yeah. are as fast as you and handle the ball well. So you're just going to get frustrated when mm-hmm. the first pass to you is five yards behind you, and that, that messes the rest of your game up. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same for us when you do it every day. You just get to a place where you're like, man, the stuff that used to be Fun for me isn't as fun because I, I see it differently and I yeah. hear it differently. And I think point two is, like, I, I think the time that you consume most of the music in your life that affects you the most is from 
let's say five being pretty generous on the low end to maybe 23, 24. Yeah, I but agree. I think the irony of that is that's also the time when you're experiencing most things for the first time collectively. And you're feeling everything. You're feeling everything. And so everything is a soundtrack. The first time you heard this was that girl you liked the first time you got your heart broken. Mm -hmm. The first kiss you had was this one song. And then you went with this, all your buddies to that one concert. And you, so your life, you're living life the most spontaneously in in that time, I mean, to a degree in that time. And you're experiencing life in such a different way than you ever will again. So any music that comes in. It's so true. it, It becomes... A part of that, twenty-five and up, your life basically for the next seventy-five years pretty much stays the same. Mm-hmm. Not to say you don't go to Italy. We well, have you, a fully formed brain at that point. That's so that's true. And yeah. so you're you, and so I think that's we the have grace. a reference point for like when things happen in your life. You're like, oh, this is like what happened when that's I was exactly blah blah right. blah, or exactly at that my last job. That's exactly. I got a paycheck every other Friday, so that's I know right. what this new. You know, you sort that's of have right. it figured out. So the, the, so you're not experiencing new things anymore. And so my my take on it, and the grace I've had to have for myself when I get really fuss, frustrated that like, why do I listen to a hundred albums all the time? Mm-hmm. And I never and then like anything that's new just very rarely affects me. And the, and it's like I've had to give myself the grace going. Well, that's because like the reason I love that song is because when I heard it, I remember feeling this way, and it still makes me feel that way. Where like now it's just hard to find anything new that affects you because you're just kind of doing the same thing over and over and it's not accompanied with an experience that was influential or memorable. Darling, let's take our cues from the clouds in the sky blowing by without a thing to do. No better way than wasting this day with you. got you and baby you got me we're all right whatever we do you got me baby and i got you too and i think too man for my fans for people that listen on music i you know you laugh about movies that was a great point before i would argue the same thing about albums i think really? most bands and it, but the difference is whatever the first album you heard by them is usually your favorite album. That's true. And it's really hard to top. That's not to say you won't like it as much, but it's really, really hard to top the first uh, encounter you had with the band mm-hmm. because that's how you know them. And like every now and then, like you know, Mayer puts out Continuum, and that to me is my favorite stuff. But emotionally, it doesn't affect me like Room for Squares does. Yeah. And you know what I mean. So it's Good it's point. a different. It's and so I think for me. As an artist, and I wonder if you would feel the same as an artist, is like, you know, I have to be really careful because sometimes as you get older and you've played music for a decade plus, you know, I can get in my head about like, well, it's just, it's all gone. Like nobody cares anymore. Or why don't people respond to this music as much? And one may be, which I'm very okay with, as okay as I can be, that you just aren't as good anymore or the best stuff is gone. And I yeah. think that's, that's something you have to acknowledge and deal with. But I think the other half really is... I am so thankful anybody continues to listen because the truth is pe- the first stuff people encounter of you is usually always going to be the best. And from there, I've just learned, I think I've sort of had this epiphany that it's a blessing that anybody ever continues to listen to anyone. You know what I mean? Like, truthfully, because yeah. it's like the fact that people will listen to my songs five albums later, I mean, that is a huge, It's a, it's like, 
I can't believe that. And, yeah. it, and, it, and it encourages me where I think if I'm not careful, and I had been this way over the last few years, kind of feeling like, God, does he might care anymore? And what's of course, going on? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think I've had to realize, like, man, the fact that anybody's listening at all, because it, when I look at my music library, I mean, it's so, so, so rare that I have a band's fourth album. Mm-hmm. And I may have some songs, but it's just it's just rare. It's rare that I continue to keep interested in a band. So I've kind of had to learn to extend that same grace to people listening to my music. And that's the reason, you know, full circle for the EP is because I also think it's on me to keep things fresh, to keep, you know, doing things that cause new points of interest or, you know, and for me to stay inspired because if I can't, if I can't produce stuff that's worthy of hearing, why would I listen to it? Yeah. You know I mean? um, so it's a week, you know, that's all the stuff I feel like being in on the back half of my, of 30, uh, you know, my thirties, it's like, you know, it's just such a different season. And so I think those things inform the decisions to make an EP, to yeah. try something new. And I think that's why that blog was such a ping in my brain. Cause I was like, this would be a good time to do something different. Yeah, you know, it's it's it'd be a good season for me to maybe go. Huh? What about this? You know? I'm always trying to put myself in the in the head of like the quote unquote fan or the person who isn't pursuing this like we are or whatever. Yeah. Because I, just like what you said, it's just it's just hard to, you know, I I listen to music so much differently. I pr- I do like an album more than a song. Like mm-hmm. I will I mm-hmm. want to I yeah. won't even listen to like a single sometimes if it's released because I want to wait if it's an album artist that I love. Yeah. Because I want to hear it in context to yeah. a whole thing because I love a whole complete thing. Right. But like, not everybody is super nerdy like that, and yeah. they, they, you know, some people are just like, nah, just give me the hits, man. Like, I almost, I've almost called like the last two albums play the hits because I just want like, I just, I think about that all the time where it's like, should, maybe it's just a mantra or a reminder just to like, write, you know, the, the write songs that people will hear ninety seconds of on iTunes and download, yeah, or whatever. But yeah, but then there are, you know, the, you want to, but there are fans out there like that too who, who want the whole like want like a whole complete 12 song yeah record yeah so there you just have to figure out how to reconcile that for both people you know it's it's such a weird and i think too it's world. like i would wonder and i mean this is a bold thing to say and maybe someone like paul son would hit me in the face <laughs> with his martin but like well, he's waiting outside so i was we'll, gonna say yeah. i'm waving at him right now um <laughs> but you know i think i think the thing is i don't know that we've ever that 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 artists have ever had more responsibility to produce better art than they do right now because it's just the market is so flooded. Yeah. Um, you know, when those guys, I mean, you know, th- there was so much amazing stuff back then, but it actually had a chance to be heard. Yeah. And I think now, you know, there's so many good albums that never, that sell a thousand copies, you know what I mean? That, that are fantastic albums um, and incredible artists that, that really never get like a fair shot just because there's, eight bajillion albums coming out every year, you know? And so I think it's it's tough. I heard a friend of mine say this. I may have said this last time we got together, but I heard a friend of mine say this like eight years ago, and it's never been more true, but he's like, music is a blue-collar job. It's just not, mm-hmm. it's not what it used to be. And I think um, those of us who, who continue to do it and get to continue to do it, it's, I've just learned to be a lot more thankful because I, I realize that it's 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 not a given anymore, you know. It's yeah. like the fact that anybody really even cares. And I think too, man, you combine with the age that I'm at, what my life looks like, and if that's like the people that listen to my music, then I'm like, thank you for even knowing that I have an album out, much less come to a show. <laughs> no joke. Because if you're trying to find babysitters and you're, you know... Oh, like, coming to a show is like... I, I Call those people up on stage. Like, give them... Let's give them money. Like, it's like... Oh my gosh! You made it out to a thing, and you have kids. You know, like it's just 
it's a not that they don't want to because clearly we always have good intentions or whatever but it's so hard to yeah finagle all that together especially after working eight hour days or whatever or you know I, it's a miracle yeah <laughs> and then it like shows like yeah we're doing a nine o'clock show time. I'm like I may fall asleep and then have, like and that's my show like, I know I know I know. Like, I'm going to take, like, an 8.30 nap. Oh, my God. And just, just a quick one. I've never, like, in my life, then when I hit my 30s, like, appreciated, like, a good five-minute nap. Ugh. Just, like, let me nod off for a second, and, I'll be, and I'm, it's weird how that... Oh, my God. That's why when people say, man, I fall asleep to your music all the time, I used to be so offended. Now I'm like, yeah, that's brother. maybe the best compliment I'm going to give it. <laughs> I know. I always limp, like, whatever the word is. Uh, lambast is what I was going to say. Is that the word? That is. Sure. Uh, like, whenever they're, like, young, like, when I play colleges and stuff, I'm like... You don't understand how little sleep you're gonna get. Like, oh in the, even gosh. in five, why aren't you asleep now? What are yeah. you doing here? Just let me play, and you guys lay down. Go to sleep. You need all of it. You yeah. Can. Oh yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> Things are gonna change for you drastically. Yeah. That's right. Like you don't even know. Yes. You don't understand. Oh, you yeah. can't understand. Yeah. But I'm here from the future. I'm future. <laughs> you. <laughs> to tell let me you. tell you what I'm seeing. So how do you? This is something I think about all the time, especially recently. Like, how do you recapture that? How do you reset like the feeling, or can you the feeling of like hearing? You know, for me, when I hear an album or a song or something that that moves me the way it did when I was fifteen, like I will play that sucker out for the rest of the year. Oh, yeah. And that happened a couple times last year. And you know, I, I and I, I want to get back to that because I feel like there was a magic there that can be recaptured when I was writing songs because they had to get out of me, yeah. And not because yeah. I need a track three, for right, a, right? You know, right, right. Is there a way to do that? Have you, have you? I haven't, <laughs> I haven't found it. I really haven't. Well, I, then I don't know what I'm doing. I here. think. Well, but I see what was so funny. It's so full circle, and it, it, it feels like I'm spinning these, and maybe I am. But the thing that was so interesting about this EP is it was all written because. Um, uh, I didn't really know what I was going to do next. Like uh, three months ago, I had this idea for oh, EPs, wow. and I was like, man, I just don't know. I, I, I'd written some songs, so I was like, maybe those will work. And then literally, um, uh, gosh. Oh, I read an interview with Tedder, with Ryan Tedder, mm. and he was talking about Hozier. And he said, uh, Billboard was interviewing him, and they were just like, you know, Ryan, like, has there been any music you've heard lately like? And he's like, this guy, Hozier, I tried to sign him. I flew over to Ireland and, you know, whatever. Uh, I did everything I could and it just didn't happen. And he ended up signing somewhere else. But I remember seeing that and I was like, oh, and I wrote it down. And this is before he released his full length. This is when he released like his second of the two EPs. And there was a song called Cherry Wine on it. Mm-hmm. And I was, I heard that song and it was like, and I, I will say this. I think the good part, so the silver lining to feeling like a lot of music doesn't move you is what I've found is when I do find something that does, it is like, it is a tidal wave. Like yeah. it, if it makes it through, then it's probably going to like take me out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I listened to that song probably 20 times. I was like, this is stunning. Like I couldn't stop listening to it. And so then I wrote this song called Headlights. Cause I loved that what he was doing guitar wise, which mm-hmm. if you listen to Headlights, you can definitely hear it in there. And man, it was like, once I wrote Headlights, I had True North, and I was kind of like, then I had the idea for that title, I was like, man, what if it was called Hymns for Her? And then thankfully, the song sort of just came behind that. But it was so cool, because that was all from hearing a new song. Yeah. And I think what it made me lament, what it made me really sad about, was realizing that so much of my music is written from hearing other music I like. Summertime, midnight, get away I was falling for every word you'd say 
Follow the moon between the pines. Every mile you were on my mind. Oh, we were younger. That was way back before you were mine. I remember those days when love. Just waiting all night for headlights. That and I so so to answer your question, my my uh, my suspicions are because um, I haven't just with life being like it is for this season. There's not a lot of time for it. Is creating time. To do to not create, but to intake, like to just sit with iTunes, and they have a couple new features that I actually really love. I didn't know they had on iTunes. Um, one of them is they have a, a feature now where uh, any album you've bought, they kind of keep, and they'll say, "Hey, there's these artists that you bought are releasing new albums, or you didn't have this one. Have you heard this one?" And then they also have little song snippets in each genre of what's being listened to a lot, mm-hmm. and that's kind of shortcutted my. Because, you know, even, I mean, you know this, you may have done the same, but even eight years ago going through iTunes was such an easier thing. Yeah. And now it's like you can, you know, you're, you can get lost in 30 minutes and genuinely not know how you got to the album you're at no. and how to get out, you know. And so. And every three years they reset it. So like the, it looks right. completely different. And like I, I, I'm an old man and I'm like, I don't know. Well, yeah. I don't know how to search for, just give me the search thing. Oh, uh, yeah. And my wife going, Davey, that's not the iPad. You can't touch the screen. Uh, Dude, but, uh, I feel you. So I think I think my suspicions are, I, I, what I'm trying to do, I'll say it this way, what I'm trying to do is create more time for that. Like, I was, yeah. like instead of having a day that I'm doing a co-write for myself once a week, or I should really say probably once every two or three weeks, I'm trying to have an afternoon or a few hours where I can hunker down in here in my writing room and just kind of like, and, and what I'll do is I'll keep all my American songwriters and not read them on purpose until I have yeah. time to do that. Yeah. Just stuff that, that tends to sort of like ping, you know, me or make me go, oh, that's interesting. Because the other thing for me is, and this is a weird part of my brain, but I, 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 I want the environment to be that if I get inspired, I can write. So I purposefully won't listen to new music in the car. Mm-hmm. I won't. I want to listen to new music in environments where if it makes me go, oh, then I can turn it off and grab my guitar, piano, or whatever, and write. Especially like artists that you love, and you're like waiting. You're like that's exactly every time right. I hear a record by that dude, it makes me want to write. That's right. That's the best when. That's right. I, I will say that too. Like just almost like an ice cream cone, where you're like, I want to touch it, but I don't want to like. <laughs> I want to eat this, but I, you, you do it so ever so slightly. <laughs> And it's sort of, yeah, I, I was that way. Like, I, I bought this new Jenny Lewis record that came out mm-hmm. last year, which I, mm-hmm. I loved it. I knew I was going to love it. And I just sort of, I, bu- I remember like buying an iTunes or something. And then, it, oh no, it was like a pre order download. Mm-hmm. And it automatically started in my iTunes. And I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, stop, stop, stop. I don't want to hear it because I know yes. it's one of those yes. where I'm going to listen to this when I go on a run. And then when I come back, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like, I'm going to feel invigorated. Yeah. Because you can like manufacture those moments. Right. You know, right. and you learn. Right. And, right. and the more you right. do this, the more you right. can. Do that. I have a friend who who I love, and I've never done this, but like he'll buy a record and then wait until he goes on like a trip or something huh. to listen to it, like walk around a new city or whatever to listen to this record. So every time he hears it, he thinks about that. No, that's trip. brilliant. Yeah. I love that. And I was like, so now he, you know, when he listens to you know anything that can sort of invigorate 
different kinds of pleasure sensors yeah. in your brain. Well, what happens with me, which is hysterical, and I'm sure it's the same with you, is like I, I do like I know when I was listening to Lake Street Dive where I was in Nashville. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I was getting on the Cool Springs exit when and it's like, you know, it's so the White Bridge Target. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> but you know, I think that's that's the that's the thing that's so funny about that as you get older, is it's just like I think that's the work. You, that's a that's a good way. Like you're saying, is the work that we have to do is sort of protecting that part to make it to still kind of keep it. Yeah. For lack of a better word, holy. You know, like trying yeah. to keep it a special thing because you know it's just like it's so hard, especially with kids and life and everything, to to have moments where you can still be affected. Yeah. And and to set the 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 space for that to like really protect that space and. And that, I think that is one of the good things about being a professional is that, you know, like your spouse, like my wife is great about that. When I'm like, hey, like I really need to go. She's like, I get it. You yeah. Know? Um, or learning. It's like training friends, roommates, spouses, whatever it is to like, we talked about this a little bit last time you were on, but like the, even though it looks like I might not be doing anything, mm-hmm. I'm totally doing that's something. Right. That's you right. can't see inside my brain. Like I, it may, it might look like I'm watching like a 15 minute interview with, that's right. you know, with with uh, Paul Simon on Charlie Rose, but like right. I, this is, you know, yeah. or whatever it is, like yeah. I, I'm down on this YouTube rabbit hole for a reason. Yeah, I promise. Yeah, you know, but that's hard because sometimes you're totally not. But oh, yeah. but but there are a lot of like, don't always assume just because I look like I'm not doing something, uh, you know. Yeah. Because I have I have friends who are really bad at that, like artist friends who are like. You're not even you. You weren't even at lunch today, were you? Like you were there physically, but like I saw, you know, you weren't even paying attention. Yeah, yeah. There is a way you kind of have to like juggle the two. Yeah. It it's just so hard to sort of be like, oh, I was working on my art, baby. I wasn't. Even. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> be like, oh yeah, okay, douche nozzle. I don't like, know. like yeah, like I. You well, you know, and I think too, it's like, and that maybe that's what the book will be. But like, I I I've laughed so, so much with a lot of my friends, and we may have talked about this last time, but just at the dilemma that like this. You know, net, net, music has never been like it is right now. Mm-hmm. And everybody can say that since its inception. I mean, literally, every 10 years you can say yeah. that because of the way it changes. But I think right now, the thing that's been so exciting and really terrifying is for people that are my age and have been doing music for this long, there's there's no roadmap. The, the, the old roadmap that was the closest thing we had, which was the label route, has gone away for, for pretty much all of us. Even those of us who are on labels aren't labels anymore, yeah. but we're still making viable music to a degree, uh, and and you know that's monetarily you know keeping us afloat. Yeah, uh, and so there's just no there's no like older fifteen year old you know ten year older friend that sits down and goes hey like here's I mean even Emerson Hart who's a dear friend of mine from Tonic you know Emerson and I had a conversation about this where I was kind of like so. So what what do you see up there? And he's like, no, there's there's no up there. I'm literally next to you, just hacking away like you are. Yeah, you know because even even him who had a who's in a band who was multi million selling. Oh my gosh, hits, you couldn't get away from that. He's still he's still doing the same thing. He's still in there just kind of going, man. Every year looks a little different than the last, and I'm just glad everything continues to keep going. But there's no trajectory of the Billy Joel, Paul Simon. Right. There's none of that where it's like you, you know, you're, you're James Taylor. You're still making records into your like 40s and 50s, but nobody really cares. But they do buy them, but they want to hear the hits. Like mm-hmm. that's not gonna really be my life. You yeah. Know? Um, and so it's fun. Are you okay with that? Yeah, that's a good question. 
You know I am. I, because we both started in a time when it when it was like, okay, there's a there's a sweet spot and a golden goose and we gotta work for that. Yeah. But now it's sort of like what you said, like the best you can hope for, and we both know by living in town, we know a million people like this were the best you can hope for, honestly, like not even like a well this sucks now, but is where what you said, like being a blue collar mm-hmm. worker. And that's kind of and it's great too, because you know, I don't know, I feel like your art will get more interesting because you you're kinda yeah. slugging it out. And there are you know, there are of course little you know, pings here and there of, of uh, you know, successes or whatever. Like, okay, well, I got this placement or this cut mm-hmm. on this or whatever. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are ways to do it, but to do that, you have to slug it out. So, are you are you okay with sort of, you know, chopping off the old, the you know, giant goal, you know, capital G goal, yeah, and just being like, all right, now we gotta kind of maneuver, hack through the woods with yeah. a, with a machete like in the Jungle Book and figure out where the next thing's gonna come from. Or does it stress yeah. you out? <laughs> so, th- so there's this quote. No, that's a really good question. There's this quote that I heard um, like when I was in college, and I, and I think about it probably almost once a day. And the quote is, you'll never be tomorrow what you're not becoming today. And so th- I, I think of that more retrospectively, meaning you are where you are because even at the subliminal level, you made decisions to be there. So, mm. and sometimes something comes in like you didn't have what it took to get somewhere that you really tried hard for. But I would argue that's probably not the majority of the story. Like, you know, a lot of the times we are where we are because we get to a crossroad and we choose right. And then once you go right, you've gone right. You can't go to the left, you know. And yeah. so I think for me at least, um, you know, those times, and it's not really a big deal anymore. But, you know, I think three, four years ago and I was kind of like, man, you know, that whole comparison thing and thinking about, why certain people were, were some places. One is always talent and just, you know, wondering if you had that or have that or why you weren't there. And, but I think more for me, I found so much comfort in knowing, you know, I love where I am because I wanted to get to where I am. I never wanted, like if you had really asked me in sincerity if that's what I wanted, I really didn't want it. I didn't want the busyness. I didn't want the fame. I didn't, now that's assuming that I even had a fifth of the talent to get there. But I think... To that question, I love where I am because I think, oddly enough, this is really where I wanted to be. Um, and so uh, I do enjoy it. I think, I think uh, for my life, man, especially now with, with kids and, you know, I, I just, the way I work, I couldn't stand being away from them. Yeah. I don't like being away for a week. If like your job, like your paycheck hinged on like being gone 200 yeah. days a year. Like yeah. That would be. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Yeah. And so I think for me in the season that I'm in, it's really been a beautiful sort of like day, not, well, that's too strong, not a day to but it kind of like a, it's just leveled really well in the artist career as my writing career has taken, is taken off or starting because taken off and in, in, <laughs> insinuate success. But, um, well, I think you're being beginning, modest, but okay. Yeah. Like, okay. you know, like as it's beginning, um, you know, it's been really cool how they're kind of coming together in the way that faded into each other while the artist career still happening. Yeah. But I think, you know, for it to be something that was really significant right now, it would be really hard. It'd be really hard for me to think that I'd be have to be away a bunch. And, yeah. And I think, too, if you'd put a gun to my head at 21, it'd been like, how long do you want to be cranking on this? Like, like shows-wise, like out there playing really hard. I would have said, okay, truthfully, and I know... You might pull the trigger when I say this, but like 35. Yeah. I probably won't want to do that as much anymore. And so the fun thing now is kind of like, you know, the new the new version of what these things are, which is the which is, you know, when you're talking when I'm talking to Wirtz and all my buddies, John McLaughlin, who lives, you know, a block away, it's like 
that's the interesting thing for all of us is kind of like, what does it look like now? Because nobody mm. knows. And, and, and the funny thing is each of us are turning into different things. It's like none of us are doing the same thing. Because, you know, like John and Drew and a bunch of my friends love to tour. And those guys, like, I slug it out, they, man. They yeah. love it. Like, they really love doing that. I'm not like that. I love playing shows, and I think this year what's been fun about 2014 was realizing what I liked about that and how to do it for me to really enjoy it. And then, and so I, you know, I look to the future, I'm like, I love playing, I want to keep playing music. I have no intention of not doing that. I just think for it to work with the life that I want to have at home and being a dad and a husband and a friend and a brother and et cetera, like, I just take, I can't do this other stuff like that. And so... And that's one of the good things I think about where music is on the internet and stuff like that is you can really start to maintain this career where more music is released, but you know you're not having to go out and like slug it out and play, you know, all the time. So it's tricky. Uh, but I think overall, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I love, I really enjoy where where things are. Am I terrified that it's going to dry up? tonight oh yeah I mean, i'll probably <laughs> well, not sleep tonight well, the, <laughs> well i'm glad i could give that gift to you baby the sun is shining dogwoods are coming in blue put on your white dress yeah cause a baby it's a good day for mary and you i call my mama and daddy baby you call yours too put on your white dress yeah cause a baby it's a good day for mary and you i know you by now which means I know what you're thinking about. Your friends, they keep asking about us. Every day passing, it's time this fairy tale came true. Baby, the sun is shining, dogwoods are coming in blue. Put on your white dress, yeah, cause baby, it's a good day for marrying you. I call my mama and daddy, baby, you call yours too. Just check all the baby, it's a good day for marrying you. We got all we need. I'll find a ring if you'll find a shame. You need a, like a level of being terrified that this mm. is all gonna go away yeah. tomorrow to fuel There's no the doubt. next thing. And I wonder, I wanna I wanna ask you this because this is something I think about all the time, because I just don't know. Um and it but do you do you think that we're talking about you know artists' first albums and stuff, do you think like the earlier stuff is the better stuff because that's what people got into first? Or do you think that once, let's think about like somebody like Paul McCartney or somebody like huge that they, there's all the sort of comforts are around them and they get surrounded by whatever they could possibly mm-hmm. want. Do you think our sort of struggles because when it, when it's surrounded by comfort, you know what I mean? That's a great question. If, if there's one thing I could send out into the atmosphere, into the sort of like, uh, you know, uh, for people our age or anybody that even cared about music, I would say, I w- this is the TED Talk I would give. I yeah. would say, guys, music, in my opinion, is more like an athlete's career than it is mm. a business career. In this way, I just really, I was telling Ben this, like, I just really feel so strongly that it is so analogous to that in the sense that you know, you're really, and I mean, like, so I'm a big soccer fan. Mm-hmm. Those guys are really in their prime, prime, prime peak and arguably starting to get on the other side of it at 30. Like, you know, you find a really good soccer player. His best years were probably 27 to 30, 31. 32, and it's like, you know. Old man. Yeah, he really is. Like, 34, he's 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 done. He's yeah. way done. He may be playing the MLS or something. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
But, you know, at 17, he shows potential. People start going, man, have you heard about this kid from Italy? He's amazing. Gets, if he's actually really good, he's already on a good team at that point, believe it or not. But then, wow. you know, for 13, 14 years, I mean, you look at some of these guys, you know, they, like there's a couple guys in England, um, a guy named Steven Gerrard who plays for Liverpool, who's been their captain. He is 30, he's, you know what I mean, he's 35. Now he's about to come over to the MLS this year, but he has been relevant in that on that team and been incredible for since he was 17 or 18. So, but but to me in music, what I would argue is it's more like that because when you're starting to come up, you have all these things to prove till about 25, 26, mm -hmm. and, and you're trying to get everybody to see that you can do what you do. Then there's kind of the growing of it, and then there's kind of a maintenance of it, and then all of the things that come with that start to affect the creation of it, though. And, it, and I would argue it kind of should. I think you can't... The angst and the questions that you're asking are only naturally going to be answered. Will I ever fall in love? You get married. What is it like to love someone sacrificially? You get married, you have kids. Is there anyone else in the universe? Well, that's something we'll always ask. So that, that's, you know, you look at you too, and they're still writing those yeah. songs. But I think a lot of those fundamental questions start to get answered. I mean, will I be okay? Well, I've made five million bucks. Yeah, I'm going to be fine. You know, like, so, you, so it's almost like, and that's why I think it's like, the, that's why it has a, the career is more of an art than I think that we think. Yeah. Or a shorter art, because it's kind of like, you know, you're just not, I mean, I've had so many young friends of mine that are artists come to me and go, I'm starting to lose that fire and it scares me to death. And I want to go, it's okay. Like this is this is you're part, where you're supposed is, to be. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to put it. The, it my hope was that you would, because if you haven't, that's more troubling. Than, oh yeah. Because it, it speaks to, then there's something in you that's like, which sadly some of the greatest art comes from, which is the black hole. It's mm -hmm. just like I can. I'm gonna always be lonely. No one ever loves me. Will I ever? Is there? You know, just that constant. But I would argue, man, if life is going hopefully like you want it to, or it should. You're probably going to be pretty, have set yourself up to be happy and content at some point. Yeah. It, hopefully. Yeah. You know, you feel you feel loved, cared for, safe, provided for. You're not hungry, and you got a roof over your head. You know what I mean? You're and you're loved. And then you have to start pointing the camera outwards a little bit. That's right. Because if you look at like Springsteen was sort of off the radar for a while, people kind of forget that because now he's this iconic, like it's the coolest thing in the world to say you love Bruce Springsteen. But there was a period there, uh, mostly in the '90s, where it was like. He was old man music, you know? I remember oh, yeah. my uncle telling me about the ghost of Tom Joad in Nebraska, and I was like, dude, I don't have any interest. And now those albums are incredible. Yeah. But like, and then 9-11 happened, and you know, he, he writes The Rising. Yeah. And it's this amazing record where yeah. it's like, you know, but I feel like that's, it's really important to sort of look at the world around you, you know, because yeah, if you keep looking inward, I mean, interesting things are going to happen to you. I mean, I, I said this on the podcast not too long ago, I think it was with Andrew Peterson or something, we were both talking about like... I didn't know that I would view this point in my life this way now. You know, when you're 25, you're like, well, this is it. All the interesting stuff's over with. I'm just going to, like, coast on in. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have kids. This is it. Like, you know, it's basically, you know, copy and paste from here on right. out, day in, day out. Right. But it's not the way it happens because you let go of some things. You hold on to some things. You, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, and but if you're so surrounded by, like, no, I'm set financially. Like, I don't really have... You know, like, I'm, all my relationships are sort of, like, mm -hmm. boxes are checked. I feel like you, a lot of the artists that, that continue to create interesting stuff, in my opinion, anyway. Like, I feel like Paul Simon, last couple of records, he released maybe some of the best in, yeah. in a lot of ways, which is yeah. amazing, in the, coming from that guy. But I feel like you have to sort of point the camera out and be like, what's going on in the world yeah. out there? Yeah. You know, and that might not always be the most interesting, because it's more interesting in a 
in personal, a lot of what, you know, to hear people say I and me and like right. I've been through this and right. But maybe that's the answer. I'm, I'm always thinking about this, like, because it, it, it bums me out that like artists that I love are like, they're hitting this point where I'm just like, gosh, like, I want them to like release that album again that hits me the same way that yeah. the first time I heard them. And maybe it's the George Lucas thing where like, it, nothing will be as good as that first Star Wars because we didn't have a reference point. That's, that's beautifully, <laughs> I know? agree with that though. I think you're right. I think that's, that's, that's one of the more concise ways to say that is once you have a reference point for someone's music, it's just hard to, 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 you know, reorient or like put a true north on a map that's already got, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, and I think that's, that, that's the trick. And I think for me, and it's like, you're, it's all these questions you're asking, Nick, they're so great. And I think I'm asking myself is like, okay, how do you make music in a season where you're content and where you are really happy and thankful? Yeah, how do you do? And so, and so I think, you know, I'm encouraged by every now and then hearing a song that rocks me but I think there's a diligence to, and that's the thing I have noticed with these interviews with artists that I think continue to make compelling music is they work. Like they are doing the job to go, I'm going to sources that give me inspiration and I just work to stay at them. And I think that's the thing in artists that really is a difference between people that enjoy it and people that really like this this is a part of me. This is like a lung. This is like a mm. this is like who I am. A huge part of my identity is wrapped up in the creation. Is yeah. And 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 I think, you know, that that's the real question. But I think a lot of us, we get older, is because I think a lot of me and my friends are kind of going. I don't know if I'm like that. I mean, I think I am, but I don't feel as compelled to do that. And I've seen some of my friends don't do it anymore, and they're super happy not doing it anymore because I think mm-hmm. they went. I've said what I needed to say, and that's not a part of me like I thought it was anymore and I want to do this now and and I think you know it's like dude that's awesome and I think then there's some of us kind of like no I, I still feel it I don't know how long I will and there's some of us that'll last forever doing it and there's yeah. some that, that may not and I think for me those are the questions I just don't know and I think for me the work that I'm trying to do is like continue to go back to the places that continue to make me feel something and, and seeing if they still compel me and then if yeah. they do it's like yes you know but I really would argue, I'd say, I would argue that there is something that's very healthy about kind of like you do your career and you at the end of it you smile. And then, you know, if you're really great, you get to play those songs for forever. And like yeah. James Haley may make a record now every seven years. But, you know, it's like he's probably happy to go play those songs and have a good time knowing oh, that sure. like, those songs, whatever. Because when he cranks out, you know, you got a friend or whatever, people, the place explodes. Oh, yeah. And how can you not love that? Yeah. So, you know, and I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a fun sort of, as we all continue to make music, figuring out like what that looks like and how to make it in ways that still are interesting. That That's my biggest fear. I mean, somebody asked me that not long ago. They were like, you know, uh, assuming you have perspective, is there anything that you have that really terrifies you? And I'm like, I just know every now and then, you know, you get that album by an artist and you're just like, what happened? You know, I like... Know. It hurts. And it does, and, and that's it. I just, I don't I'm know why. Of that. We, I take that stuff personally, and I think it's just because I have personal experiences mm-hmm. with it, you know? Yeah. And, like, I, I always go to Counting Crows because Counting Crows had, like, a, that first Counting Crows record had such a profound impact on me. Like, Round Here might be my favorite song. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the one that, but it, it just, and I'm like, why is that my favorite song? Because I don't really write songs like that, but there's a, you know, I think I think because I heard that song on a, on a band bus in eighth grade. And a girl didn't like me that I was in love with. 
and I heard that song when she was like six rows back hanging out with some dude that you know in the seat that I didn't like and I heard that song and he sang she's always on my mind and I was like my this you know I, I felt it more than I've ever felt anything yeah. well and like I was like well this is gonna be it for me you know it just like formed a little nudge mm-hmm. in my brain like well this is this is me you know and so when I hear like them putting out stuff that I feel in my you know my own opinion is mediocre I'm like oh but you used to do this mm-hmm. but maybe I changed and it's okay yeah. to like yeah. be like I love Counting Crows up to a point you know mm-hmm. it's saying like you know and and not disparaging anybody who's still you know, there might be a teenager now who hears something off the last record and is just like, oh, but the way he sang that, you know, it doesn't it doesn't discount anything that they've done. It just might be that we both. This is a, so, so, you know, the thing that I wonder is this. It's like I, 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 I this is another thing that I want to send out into the atmosphere and more really just for my brain. I'm like, I wish that there was a way that we could program our brains to be. And I mean this from myself to be thankful for what you get from artists as opposed to expectant. Because I think, mm. I mean, it's like if you're Adam Duritz, I think you have every right to be like, how the heck do you think I could write around here again? Are you kidding me? Yeah. And so I think for me, <laughs> that's, that's, true. that's the dynamic that's so interesting in music is that we keep going back to these people going, hey, give us this thing you gave us before. And it's like, here's the humor. If I do that, it only dilutes the thing you loved, and then you're going to get mad because me trying to do... So that's... That, it's like a drug. I don't ever want to do that again. And so instead, I have to do this stuff. And I think I think the difference is this. I think this is where there is a... And I, and I don't know about Counting Crows, but I'll just say, in general, an artist that you loved where you may feel like they aren't as good is I do think something happens to our taste and something happens to our... Um, what passes through what we consider to be good. Yeah. And I think that's a big deal because I do think that's one of the things comfort can affect for bad. It's like that thing where you go, no, that's fine. Let's put that out. Where I think the thing that's tricky about that is you don't want that to be influenced by fear and some of the things it does in your 20s that sadly work out for good because you're terrified it's bad so you work way harder than you should to make something really great, but it is excellent. Mm-hmm. You know, you just realizing you're you know, as you get older, you're like, I don't have the time to do that. And so I think the great artists still keep their level of like, I want this stuff to be good. And so they, they just keep, you know, guys like Sting and these guys for all those years can continue to put stuff out because they're like, I'm just not putting out bad stuff. And so when they do put out stuff, you're like, man, he's done it again. Yeah. But I think that's because those guys just go, man, I'm not going to slip on, on what I approve to be good or bad. You know, and that mean I may put out a record every seven years now or yeah. four years, but and so I think that's the stuff that inspires me is those guys who think about that is going, man, if I can just continue to, to be to make a deal with myself that I'm not gonna put out music that I kinda go, Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. no, like let's fight to keep stuff, you know, the level that I approve to be good. Boy, you know better than thinking that she reads your mind. Matter the crumbs and the clues that you leave behind. Your heart it will leave. I swear she'll believe if it's true. Ooh, just tell her you do. Well, I'm going to wrap up because I don't want to... I have a few questions at the end. We do a lightning round. Oh, yeah. To wrap it up. So you can answer these as fast as you want, but I'm going to shoot questions at you. Let's do it. Uh, like a potato gun. Uh, oh do you... God, that would hurt. 
Give it her. Uh, do you have a surprising musical influence that people might be shocked to hear that Dave Barnes is influenced by Shaka Khan? I don't know. Oh, I love Shaka Khan. Uh, <laughs> no surprise. Who would be the one? <laughs> we know Dave. Um, Golly Moses. You know what has been sort of like pinging in my brain a lot lately is a Sound of Music soundtrack. No way. That and, the, and the Mary Poppins. Because I think I watched the, the movie... The, yeah, the Mary Poppins movie. Yeah. And I was just like, man, these melodies are undeniable. They are so good. It's, it's super from, fun to watch those guys. I know they didn't write it, but they, they, they're acting like they're... Amazing. You, it almost it does put you in the room of like, oh yeah, these are songs that two dudes wrote at a piano. Yes. Like, I don't know what I used to think, like if Mickey Mouse wrote them I, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you kind of did. But that, that stuff, I've found myself more lately, and I've been on a Beatles kick, and that stuff to me is very analogous. Like, it has yeah. a lot of that sort of really cool, crazy melodies that you're like... They sound like they just came out of the you know, space. I can't think of anything. That's I, a good I one. I think of anything. I'll let I you know, know it's such a it's such a weird question. Uh, what do you associate with the name Keith? Richards. Nice. Okay, it's been urban every other time. I love the name Keith. I explained it on the last episode, but like Keith is like a, you don't see a lot of baby Keiths anymore. I love oh I love God. names that have like a <laughs> names that have like a timestamp on them. They're my favorite. I'm like Keith. <laughs> yeah, meet our baby Keith. Uh, mm. Do you have a, who is your first celebrity crush? Oh man, uh, Heather Locklear. Nice. Like, I thought it was the other day. I didn't have any posters of like girls up in my room. Um, but I remember People Magazine did like the most beautiful people and it was probably like, gosh, 91 or something. Yeah, yeah. And I remember being like little adolescent Dave going, I want to put that up on my wall. Yeah. And my mom was like, that's really? interesting. Huh? We're going, she's we're like, well, we're she's here. definitely pretty. I was like, yeah. And thankfully, it was the most pure, innocent. Sure. I was just like, I just think face. she's really pretty, and I like looking at her. Man, remember being young and like faces were all you needed? Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I have a, okay, here's a question from, from somebody online. Uh, Kevin Lef- Lefwich threw one in there. Uh, most annoying at shows, talkers or iPhone filmers? Oh, definitely talkers. Yeah. Because iPhone filmers are paid attention. Yeah. That doesn't distract you, though? And when they're, no. Uh, that actually makes me feel good. Oh, I love it. I'm like, oh, they want to do this again later? Oh, yeah. Or show it to a friend? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it. oh, they want to repeat this? But here's the thing, though. Here's my quick aside about that. The fact that things can live in perpetuity forever terrifies me because I'll never forget when Facebook started to really happen. I couldn't wear outfits. I mean, I'd wear one outfit through a tour. Kind yeah. Of, because yeah. nobody knew I wore it the Dude, night before. you aren't kidding and I remember so specifically, I walked into a venue uh, to meet people after the show, or I came off the stage, whatever, and a girl literally said, you wore that last night. And I was like, what do you mean last uh, night? She's like, yeah, on Facebook, you had that black shirt on. And I was like, oh, we have I feel like you can, you can get away with like a black shirt, right? I couldn't. Oh, that is the worst. Especially Instagram's that bad now, too, when I'm on the road. I'm like, shoot, I, I wore this last night. I could wear it again. But oh, listen. Like, somebody posted a picture of me on Instagram from last night's show. Oh, if it happens again at night, that's embarrassing. That's what I'm saying. So you know what I had to do is go into Instagram and look at pictures when I played there last time. I'm not kidding. I was like, I wore that last time. Yeah. I will wear it this time. I definitely thought about that. I'm like, okay, I was here in the spring. What did I wear? Like, just make sure you go back in the winter so you can throw a jacket on. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Score. Uh, what's your first memory of the internet? Oh, uh, 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 that's really good. I remember seeing... The video, I think, of the grape lady. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> That's your first... Wow. Okay. Uh, There's got to be something before that. No, no, no. No, no, no. No. That was like 2002. That, that was actually late. So this would have been like 96 because I had just gotten to college and I was... <laughs> I love the grape lady though. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think it would probably be like... 
I have a lot of memories of designing my websites then. Like my friends in 96, 97, like really 98, like like getting in there and like putting it all up online and yeah. you know, tons of that stuff. That's a good question. I don't have to think about that. I don't know. Uh, do you have a, a bad show story that you can share with us to make us feel better? Yeah, I have probably a lot of those. You're so successful and handsome. All I think, the time. Yeah, I think one of one of the uh, one of the funniest ones was I was uh, playing nothing fancy, and I got to the payoff of the song, the last line, and I burped in the middle of it to the point that I couldn't finish. <laughs> At the, the payoff. Lead. At the payoff. Oh no! It burped like a good two second burp, and I tried to still power through it. And in I the felt mic? the crowd. Yeah, and I felt the crowd kind of go, Dave. So I had to stop the song, and I had to address it and kind of go, "Hey, like we all, we all saw what happened." And and I remember everybody laughed, and I played the whole song over again. Because no like, way! Yeah, because I, it was like, yeah, it's like getting to the end and going, and that's when we found out that the hero. <laughs> so and I was like, "Well, what happens to the hero?" Like I'm so distracted. Yeah, and so I was like, I have to tell the whole story again. So, but you know, life gives you those little moments on stage where you're like, just because you're three feet higher than everybody else doesn't mean oh that you, you're still not a human. Well, I think for me, the way my brain works, oddly enough, is I really love those moments because I feel like... Oh, they're the best. Yeah, just because... And I know you're, you, you're spontaneous and funny, so like you, you might be the same way, but I just feel like it's one more way to sort of like tear down the walls between like, hey, I'm up here and cool, and you're down there, and you know, it's like, no, man. I never wanted to be that guy anyway. I never felt like that guy, so I, I it's more true to yourself, and I feel like you're, maybe you're the same way where you're just like, you know, that's why you put up those those videos on Instagram and oh, stuff where yeah. you're like, who cares? Vanity's out the window. Well, I always felt like, I really felt like this first interview I ever did, somebody asked me like, what what do you hope as an artist? And I was like, I really hope that overall people feel like I'm like them. Not yeah. that I'm better than them. or different. Absolutely. My goal is to, to bridge the gap. It's, oh, he's one of us. That kind of feeling. Right. That's yeah. right. Somebody Dude. told me one time, and I thought it was genius. Said so true. The biggest compliment he said. This friend of mine was in a band. He said the biggest compliment I think I can ever get is that after the show, somebody wants to eat with you. Yeah, that's the like, greatest. Come out and hang with my friends. I always got mad at myself for not being more like like I was like, man, I really don't have a handle on mystique. And then I realized like it wouldn't be me in the first place. That's so right. some dudes do that really well. Like let Jack White walk around town and be a legend and be that like don't talk to him because you know. Just like I gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. Well, that was the funniest thing too. Is that like, you know, I had a friend. I'll never forget. Like, we couldn't play a show without some girl propositioning him. And I always <laughs> thought, like, what is it? Thankfully, and I really wasn't jealous. I was just like, how does he have that? And he's just a really mysterious guy. He's kind of like, he just got this aura, you know. And like, you know, I was like, and I will always be the guy that people are like, let's do duck faces and selfies with. And I was like, you know what? I love be that being guy. that guy. Yeah, I'd so much rather be that guy. Than the guy that's like, you know, always like, you know. Disappears in a puff of smoke to his <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, Dave, thanks for having me over and doing the show. Yeah, thank you. N- number two. Yeah. You did it. That's it for episode 65. You can check out Dave Barnes' new EP, Hymns for Her, out February 10th, 2015. As well as his upcoming tour with Matt Wirtz. Uh, all dates are available on DaveBarnesMusic.com. Make sure you check in next week. Uh, one of my favorite episodes we do annually uh, is, a, is an all-movies podcast. We, Jeff Houston and I are going to talk all the our favorite movies of 2014, as well as all the hoopla surrounding the upcoming Academy Awards. I am super excited about it. So thanks for listening. Episode 65 in the bag. So for that and who writes this stuff, I'm Nick Flora. Now go to something creative. 